I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Sniffly Chris. And this is Still His Kingdom Keeps, the creepy but necessary podcast where we sniff noses and watch Merlin every yeah. single week. Uh, we are in season four, hurtling towards the end of season four to the last season of Merlin. Man, it is so weird going from a show that is 300 plus episodes to a show that is 60 episodes and just being yeah. close to done. This is great. I love this. We should always do this from now on. <laughs> I think I think light shows are good i think that that's a positive thing um you know five years or whatever to do on a po- that's a lot that's, that's a lot, lot of years to do that's a, podcast. a lot of years to do a podcast uh someone the other day suggested a show and uh it, it's one that i'd already seen and just happened to know offhand that it was only six episodes and i'm like i'm not creating a theme for six episodes <laughs> like we're gonna <laughs> we're just gonna do that on the monster if it's only pres- six episodes i think we, one of us just gotta sing something yeah exactly like we're just we're just gonna hum a theme song towards the yeah. beginning how are you chris I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited because uh, we've had a somebody's been goosing our Patreon, and I don't I don't know who, but thank you so somebody's much. Somebody's been goosing it up. I've I've been saying this. You've been you have been saying that that they've been get, getting goosed, uh, and I'm not talking about silly gooses, Chris. I'm talking about serious goose. Uh, some but so, serious geese. Some serious geese. If you want to join the the masses of serious geese goose in our podcast, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Monster of the Week. You can get episodes of this podcast early, exclusive content, access to our super cool Discord server. Where um, what's been happening on a Discord server lately? What's been going on? Anything? Um, anything? Uh, we've been talking about uh, fan comics in yep. the anime channel. Uh-huh. We've been talking about some Pokemon comics. That's, that's that you know some some unauthorized Pokemon comics. Uh, um, debating the ethics of saying I am in the hospital versus I am in hospital. True. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Lots of exciting stuff happening this week. <laughs> really that, good stuff. Really, really around. great stuff. Uh, thank you to everyone who has been doing that. And Chris, can you please catch us up on what's been happening on Merlin? It'd be my pleasure. Last time on Merlin, after being framed as a traitor by Agravane, Gaius is kidnapped by a pair of bald magician monks and tortured on the behest of Morgana for information on Emrys. While Merlin and Gwen go behind Arthur's back to stage a rescue, Gaius finally reveals to his bald magician monk captor that Emrys also goes by the name of Merlin, and it is Merlin's destiny to usher in peace to Albion. In the end, Gaius is rescued and his name is cleared. The bald magician monk becomes an ally of Merlin, and Morgana is once again thrown very harshly against a rock wall. We are covering Merlin Season 4, Episode 8, Lamia. This aired on November 19th, 2011. It was directed by Justin Molid. Nakav and written by Jake Mishi. Uh, just a quick shout out before we do the main episode description. Uh, there's a guy named Jeremy Webb that has been that has directed a lot of episodes of Merlin. I think like 15 total. And uh, somebody, I believe it was Liz, DM'd us on Twitter that that's the same Jeremy Webb that's directing episodes of The Last of Us. And oh, I th- nice. I think that's cool because that both cool. both Merlin and The Last of Us are cool shows, and you should watch them both. Uh, and they are about as sad as one another sometimes so that's <laughs> that is a good thing uh lamia a mysterious illness draws merlin to a distant village however it soon becomes clear that there is more at stake than just his parents what well-being than just his parent okay. patience sorry his patience ah. well-being has something sinister turns the air sour far from home and with no one to trust merlin becomes embroiled in a deadly game of cat and mouse no ah. longer sure who is the hunter and who is the hunted can the young warlock survive long enough to uncover the truth that is wildly inaccurate i'd love it yeah, uh, i love a good mystery in a distant village but i'm very confused by that <laughs> I uh I think this may be the first time that I've really been kind of 
I don't even think I'm going to be negative about this episode. I just found this episode real boring and stodgy. You just kind of over it. You just kind of over it. It's there's not a lot that happens. It's a it's very much a monster of the week episode. Uh, I don't think that the monster is particularly interesting until the very very end, in which case the monster gets incredibly interesting. Uh, but that's only for like the last few minutes, and then otherwise it's just a bunch of like people being disappointed in Merlin for no reason. For no reason. I think that this episode might have benefited by cutting out the Arthur like subplot. Um, not subplot, but the, it's just Merlin is wrapped up in something and then we have Arthur like on his trail the whole time as he's there tracking them down. And I just felt like maybe we didn't need it. Maybe Merlin is just in this situation. He's in peril and he has to figure it out. Um, you know, him and Gwen figure something out, right? Um, but instead they just get rescued. And I just, the, the cutting back and forth, we didn't get to focus on the main group for mm-hmm. a lot of the episode and we didn't mm-hmm. get to build the tension of the fact that they have a monster in their midst um and maybe maybe for me that was what kind of brought this this episode down because again well probably won't be too, too negative going through it um, but it was a really cool concept that they just feels like kind of didn't do a lot with it's uh it's it's very easy to armchair quarterback these things because we are not in charge of writing these episodes. We're not in charge right. of creating these episodes. And we're not in charge of any of the actual work. We can just sit on our dead asses and be like, you know what's cool? You know what would have been cool? <laughs> uh, so it's real easy for me to say... It's called being a hater. <laughs> what I would have liked to see is... like Because this kind of hints at having some... Uh, um, influences from the thing john carpenter's the thing Mm -hmm. uh which is notably a movie about like nobody being able to trust one another people somebody not being who they are uh i would have much rather seen them like have this whole thing kind of rush to the castle a lot sooner and then nobody know who's under the control of the lamia uh, and, and having to figure that out and like the tension like really really hitting a boiling point until like Oh my God! The thing happens, and then Arthur shows up at the end. Um, but again, that would have been very cool. Yeah, that's the that's thing, just but set in Camelot. Come on, you know, you know what's easy is the you thing, know what would be, but right, set so... in Camelot. <laughs> it's just right there, Jeremy Webb. That's that's my that's my that's <laughs> you my bastard. Voice. You bastard who had nothing to do with this episode. Where were you, Webb? <laughs> You'll be hearing from me on the forums tonight. I'll um, be on the forums tonight and in your DMs tomorrow, Web. <laughs> Mark my words. Okay, okay, okay. We start off with a classic kind of horror-themed cold open. We're out in this distant vi- village, Longstead or something. And, um, you know, we've got the village elder who seems pretty uh, young, if you ask me. And they hear screaming outside. So he's like, okay, I'm going to go check it out. It's the middle of the night. That was weird. He goes out. And he's, he's searching around. He's got his torch looking for for who was screamed what's going on this whole time out in like the bushes we keep hearing a strange hissing sound uh eventually he gets a little bit of a jump scare as he finds i don't know just somebody else from the village who looks like they're like dead on their feet and they kind of collapse uh, on top of him um and this person's either dead they're paralyzed something's going on here we don't know but something is watching from the woods as this all unfolds. Yes. Uh, we get our, our intro, and then we jump over to Camelot, where Gwen is folding towels when there's a knock at the door. And it's our uh, woman from the, the cold open. This is Mary, uh, who is John, who is the elder, uh, John's wife. Oh, yeah. They're Mary and John. That's right. <laughs> Gwen is extremely ecstatic to see her. Uh, but Mary is like, hey, I'm here for a reason. Uh, we're, we're having some trouble. 
Uh, it's good that she knows Gwen and that Gwen has got some some like some serious friends in this world now because otherwise I feel like if Gwen didn't know Arthur, like these people would just be fucked. Like they never get yeah. to Gaius. Um, yeah. <laughs> instead, Gwen takes her to Arthur, who is like, "Oh, we're definitely going to fix this. This is easy king stuff. This is king stuff one hundred and one. Take yeah, care is, yeah. of the villagers. I got this. I've got easy dub. I've got this is an easy dub for the A." And he, she's like, "I'm tired of this. Please do not sh- abbreviate <laughs> yeah. things to their first letter." Gwen has like a very like proper way of speaking. Mm-hmm, you know, she's mm-hmm. she's pretty cut and dry with that kind of stuff. And Arthur, he talks like he hangs out at the tavern. Let's come be here, honest. come here, G, and give me a kiss she's like don't call me don't like it when you call me G. it's guinevere gwen is is cutting it close all right? it's, <laughs> my full name is guinevere arthur thinks real hard and he's like gw is that is that okay is that good so yeah me and g-dubs have been getting pretty cozy lately um never again says gwen uh so they they like they go to gaius to to you know arthur says this easy dub for for uh ka over here king arthur and um i will help you out we have a great physician we'll send him on down they go to check out what's what the haps with gaius is and he's like i'm sorry i can't we have too many people with the sweating sickness right now and then and then what's, he's, the, what's that about and then he says to arthur hey instead of me why don't you try the bm and arthur just looks at him yeah. and is like you mean a bowel movement and he's like no yeah. big merle big merlin he's like merle. oh big merle. this is um, why this is why i don't abbrevi- abbreviate things yeah arthur's starting to rethink his whole abbreviation <laughs> situation after he was the bm um it's good it's a learning experience for him by the way um, uh just if you are for some reason ever drinking around my wife never order a blue moon because she will constantly remind you that you're, you're putting a bm in your mouth at all times so just perfect, perfect. just to let you know the like the, the the humor level of the woman that i have dedicated my life to i appreciate it um yeah, so Arthur is like, are you kidding? Like Merlin, he's not capable of treating these people. But uh, Gaius is like, no, no, no. He's like, he's first of all, he's capable of more than you think. I do appreciate that Gaius has had a turn, but seemingly just since the last episode, where he he seems like he's kind of going out of his way to to start complimenting or building Merlin up a little bit more in front of Arthur. Like the time's coming where something's going to happen. And Gaius is, he knows whose side he wants to be on when it all goes down. Not to, um, not to be the eternal Gaius hater, but he's only doing this because he fucked up in the last episode. Like the, he's just, true. because Arthur leaves and then he's like, and Merlin is like, Hey, actually I don't really feel comfortable doing this. Like all I ever do is listen to you and you make all the decisions. And Gaius is like, don't worry. Your job is much harder than mine. You're uniting the kingdom. And he's like, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't have anything to do with he- healing sick people. Like I don't, I don't know why. I don't know how to make potions and shit. That's too much for me. I can't tell. I can't tell poison ivy from pot. Okay, but we know because we've had this happen a couple of times. Because I have smoked both. Because Arthur never should have smoked that shit. Now I'm in the Camelot dungeons. Because Arthur had a bag of each, and they were just labeled with peas, and I didn't know which was which. And he smoked poison ivy. That's my fault. Uh, in my head, the whole time I'm thinking, Gaius is just sending him so he can go use magic. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, it. Just wait go... till no one's looking, and you can just deal with it. Like yeah. it's fine. It doesn't matter if you don't know any of the physician stuff. I actually kind of wish that they had, not, again, not to armchair quarterback, but it, it, it kind of wish that would have been the case. He's like, you just go over there, get rid of everybody, magic them back to health, come back for dinner. No big deal. Yeah, Merlin, Merlin probably would have been like, oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, but he has so much faith in Merlin that, that he can do this, that he gives Merlin his medicine bag, um, which looks like an incredibly uncomfortable thing to to carry around. I guess it's supposed to like, the big flat side is supposed to strap to your back, but it looks like a looks like a weird hat almost the way that it like goes up in a triangle kind of shape it's very strange i also don't think it ever comes up again 
I don't remember coming up again. So yeah, uh, <laughs> they, just, they like made a big deal of him like taking it, and I was like, yeah, all right, but no, I don't don't think it's relevant again. <laughs> Merlin uh, and some knights and Gwen and Mary all ride out. They arrive back at the village in the afternoon, right before nightfall. Uh, John greets Mary as, as well as Gwen. Uh, and then the media is like, hey, uh, where's G-Money? And Gwen's like, is that supposed to be me? I'm right here. I don't appreciate it. She's yeah. like, no, 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 no. Gaius. Gaius Money. Like, that was his yeah. nickname back in the day. And she's like, you Gaius look like you're Merlin's Money. age. What do you mean back in the day, John? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? I'm John. What do you mean? I'm I'm, I'm J E John Elder. What do you, what's, what's the big idea? I'm J E. Get off it, G Dubs. This is too much. This is too much for Gwen. She's had enough. <laughs> She's so um, sick of this entire environment right now. We should also the, the knights are there too. For some reason, I thought that it was really funny that Elian doesn't seem to know these people, uh, despite being Gwen's brother. Yeah, we um, never we never get a, any kind of clue as to why she knows these random people that live, you know, twenty leagues away or whatever. But yeah. I, and, and we don't have to. I don't care. But it's, no. it is very funny that Elian has no clue. Uh, John is very is very put down that Gaius didn't come. He's like, we're going to need a real uh, a, a real physician. And Elian steps up and it's like he is the real physician. Uh, Merlin comes in to see the first patient prescribes some medicine basically just to get rid of uh gwen and john both and then he tries to heal them with magic but of course it doesn't work so we we know that something suspicious is happening and that night he starts to get to study and i don't know if he's writing in his diary or if he's trying to find a cure but he's reading a little book when he notices a shadow pass outside the window and he goes out to investigate see what what's going on out there um and it seems like the same thing that we saw in the cold open that that john ran into um, but just as he is maybe closing in on something, we get a little jump scare from Gwen, who's outside trying to take a leak or something. Um, and Merlin kind of leaves it at that, but we as the audience at least can still hear that that hissing noise like out in the distance. We, we know something's there. A uh, couple of things um, about the scene. I didn't know what Merlin was carrying at first until Gwen jumps out uh, and says, you're carrying a fishing pole, and I find that very oh. hilarious. And uh, live, fresh off the Discord, uh, our friend Auntie L uh, d- just asked the question, do you think Gwen has bladder issues? He always seems to get up and pee noisily, so it disturbs Merlin at a crucial moment. Is it all the ale he drinks, or perhaps he has ye old UTI? And I just feel bad, because we haven't invented antibiotics yet, so no. he's going to be carrying around that, bur- that burning piss for a while. He's definitely some- suffering from something, and he doesn't realize it's not normal. Exactly. He just fig- figures that, it, that he assumes that everybody experiences all of this. Yeah. Um, we wake up the next morning, no difference in the patients whatsoever. Uh, John is pretty dejected when he sees this and kind of says out loud, I wonder if this could be sorcery. And Merlin is like, it is definitely sorcery. Yeah. We need to go back to Gaius. 100% it's sorcery. Um, send a raven or something. Do we not do that in Merlin? Because it just feels like all the riding back and forth is going to get old quick. It's, just, it's a quick drive, unless it's not yeah. a quick drive. Whichever one, that, whichever one we need. Either it's a quick ride and they can just get yeah. there in a day, or it's a long ride and we have to camp overnight. It's either one. Um, but they're on the way back, and Leon spies a fire in the woods and is like, hey, we're going to sneak over here, and we're going to yeah. uh, kind of sneak past this. This isn't really our business. But Gwen sees them uh, kind of wrestling a young woman to the ground and is like, absolutely not. It's time to kick some ass. Um, our, our, our Arthur's Knights music kicks in. I love this track. Mm-hmm. This is great. Uh, there's even like a weird Wilhelm scream in there, if you're familiar with yeah, what that is. is. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was very strange. I just never, you just never know where that guy's going to pop up. You never know when you're going to catch it. Um, we caught it here. So this fight, all I could think about 
was the fact that Percival picks up a man and swings him around like a battering ram, and then over his shoulder seemingly snaps the man's spine. Mm-hmm. Did I did I read that right? Did yeah. he snap a a man's spine? Okay, he paralyzed that man forever, and then just drops him on the ground like a crumpled piece of trash. We're gonna we're gonna find out later that these are all slavers, so it's okay what we do to slavers. Oh, uh, true. We're, we're not we're you not know, stressed I didn't about know that at the time, at all. but yeah, yeah. No, no, true. And Percival didn't either, so this was a big win for Percival when they find out <laughs> later that it was oh that dude that I hardly made. There was a made. little bit of like side eye from everybody, but like holy shit, Percival <laughs> paralyzed that guy. And then we found out he was a slaver. Like, oh, oh okay, that's fine. Um, they. Uh, the woman that was being hassled uh, is is very distressed, and she calls herself Lamia. Uh, says that she was taken by bandits on her way home, uh, and Leon is like, "We got to get out of here." Uh, notably, like when they're trying to comfort her, she won't let either Gwen or Merlin touch her. Uh, that she she yeah. pulls away from them both. Uh, Leon is like kind of holding her, I think, at this point, or maybe it's Percival. It's one of the two, uh, and yeah. it is very protective of them protective of her and um it, it gets to the point where like they decide to make camp and percival is looking so weird that when merlin tries to help lamia like off the horse percival like shoves him out of the way like kind of harsh and is like you need to get the fuck out of here m i don't care about your big m's right now you need to get the fuck out and and merlin is confused by this because he's never heard himself referred to as a big m before so. yeah and he's also never heard percival speak so this is like <laughs> doubly shocking i thought that we were actually going to get a, a more percival focused episode and i was a little bit excited because he is just he's just sort of arms you know he's just he's just muscle and after seeing him paralyze a guy and then he's picking up lamia and it seemed like he specifically was the one protecting her for the first couple minutes of this in- encounter I thought, okay, he's but he's the one who's possessed, and he's stronger than everybody, and this is going to be like a whole thing. Um, but no, it's not just him; it's just him first. <laughs> I will, I will let you know. Uh, this is a small spoiler, but we do, we do get, we do get more Percival action in the future. So, okay. so right. you will, All you will right. have your, have your day. I promise you, Chris. Um, do 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 do. Where are we at? So they 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 make camp for the night. Percival is on watch. Uh, he hears a woman weeping in the woods, and he finds Lamia behind a tree. Uh, bends down to kind of comfort her, and as he like holds her, we see her eyes turn like green snake eyes. Uh, and then yeah. before anything bad could happen, Merlin sneaks up and is like, "Hey guys, I'm just I'm just Merlin my way through this forest." And Percival pulls out his sword and like grabs Lamia around his and like pulls her into him and like walks off without saying a word. It's very disturbing. Very intense. It's a lot happening. Um, back at Camelot, Arthur is uh, reasonably, he's a little worried because uh, they should have been back by now. They haven't heard anything. They don't know what's going on. Um, and he decides like, okay, hey, guys, if if by morning they're still not back, then we're going to head out and search for them. Yes. Um because it is important to remember that his girlfriend is gone. Yes, yeah, we, she, he has to remind Aggravate about that because I think Aggravate is like, uh, I don't want to. I don't think this is a good idea. Yeah. Uh, the next morning, Merlin's camp wakes up. Uh, Lamia refuses to eat, and Gwen is like, something is going on weird with this chick. Uh, and then that's when Leon announces that they are going to ride east, and Merlin's like, homie, uh, Camelot is west, and all of the knights stand up and are like, no. It, we must go east we because that is the direction of Lamia's home. And then when Gwen tries to speak up and is like, I, th- I think it's pretty important to like do the mission that the king set us out on, they just yeah. shout her down as well. Like It's really bizarre behavior from these knights, which usually just like sway in the breeze when Gwen talks. Yeah, they, they talk, yeah. This is, they've never acted like this before. 
um, it's a little disconcerting almost. Like it's unsettling to see to see the boys like this. They're not always the greatest when it comes to dealing with Merlin. You know, they treat him like crap sometimes, unintentionally. And but this open hostility from from his friends is is off putting. Arthur and his crew uh, leave that morning. They're riding through the woods. Uh, Arthur notices something amiss. There's no bird songs. Uh, I love this new little squire guy that he brings along in, in Merlin's place. Like yeah. this this weird skinny little like weirdo with the big big poofy hair. I don't know. I don't know how much pay, how much attention you paid to this guy, but I was like eyeballing him. I was eagle eyeing him through the screen. I was like, who is this guy? What's his story? Uh, nobody else cares. It's just me, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I swear that I've seen this guy before as like an extra, as like a as a random knight or squire or something. But I don't know if I'm confusing him with somebody else it, i mean yeah it could be um he looks like one of the dudes from like uh workaholics or something he looks like the big hair dude from workaholics but i doubt it's, the, it's probably not the same dude um <laughs> sorry that was supposed to be funny so random. <laughs> <laughs> um they find uh the uh, bandit camp um, that our crew just recently ran through just a bunch of dead guys none of them have a scratch on them uh they find one that was alive uh, yeah, the one who's paralyzed. The one who is totally paralyzed. Uh, they were they were transporting this prisoner in a cart, and like they could see evidence that this prisoner escaped, and they think that, you know, obviously something happened, and the prisoner caused all this. Uh, Arthur decides to bring the very uh, grievously injured bandit to along with them so they can interrogate him, um, which seems like a rough ride for if you're uh, like an injured slaver. But who cares? You're a slaver. Yeah. Hey, whatever. He's a slaver. Who gives a shit? Um... Yeah, this this is what I mean. There's just like there were so many moving parts that I started to be like, okay, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it, like like we're describing the plot, and we're normally I think pretty good at describing the plot with this stuff. Uh, but until the plot is just kind of you know, it's just boring. <laughs> like I it's find- just everyone's like doing circles in the woods, and they they even have this really interesting detail about like the birds being quiet, right? Um, but it just it doesn't feel as much like there's a predator in the woods because she Lamia doesn't reveal herself until much later and I don't know I just it just feels like this it's just too much it's yeah. too much it's all tangled up uh Leon and Gwen both decide to bring water to Lamia uh and because only one person can do that they they gets into a scuffle and both of them draw swords uh the other knights have to intervene and Leon is like cutting the arm during the scuffle which is crazy like we've never seen the knights like like this we know something's up yeah. at this point this is ridiculous um, uh and lamia is quite pleased with all of this it seems having a great time with this she's like hiding behind a curtain just not realizing who she's to. that's what's wrong with this yeah. episode is there's no, no morgana. morgana yeah kill yeah, the whole has, is in like four different full body casts right now because <laughs> it's true the amount of times that this <laughs> skinny woman has been tossed against very hard stone i just feel like she'd snap she would just snap She's a hearty lady. All, all, the, all the women of Camelot she's are. She's a hearty lady. And she's a hearty lady. Uh, Arthur and his crew arrive at the village and find out Merlin left the day before. Um, Gaius takes like one look at these patients and is like, yep, sorcery. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We cut back over to Merlin and Gwen, who are like bandaging up Leon and who is just rudely brushing them off after they are done, uh, acting very out of character. And Merlin, this is the first time that Merlin kind of thinks or says out loud to Gwen, like, I think it's the slam. Like, nobody was acting differently until she showed up. And Gwen's like, I don't really know how that could be. And Merlin's like, I don't either, but I've just kind of learned to, to trust my gut on this, okay? dubs and she's like i told you only arthur can call me that that was the only that was our don't even like it when he does it 
think I stopped there because I think my dog was about to throw up and I can't tell. Oh God, pup. Hey, Rosie, just go lay down. Fuck it. Okay, well, let's go. Let's just get into Rosie, it. Rosie, don't do what my cat does. Find the most difficult surface to <laughs> clean and then puke on that. She will run into her crate, which has a nice, you know, little comfortable dog pillow with the fabric cover on it, and it's like, Bleh. and I'm like, Jesus. my cat will be like, what needs dry cleaning? What what you can't you just throw into the wash? <laughs> yeah, what has to be specially cleaned? I'm puking on that. <laughs> Is this the coat that you're gonna wear to your wedding? How convenient. <laughs> let me claw over. Let me claw open this plastic and just projectile vomit on it. Sully, you piece of shit. My my cat i don't know why i'm telling you this now he's probably 16 or 17 he's pretty old and doesn't show any signs of like physical health ailments mm-hmm. but his mental health is really troubling it's really declining. i think he's i think he hears voices i think he sees things he's tr- he's a troubling individual how many um hours a day does he dedicate to that fire emblem mobile game I'm just out of curiosity like what do you think <laughs> okay okay well let's take what the- just curious like you mentioned that he was he was deteriorating a little bit i just uh, i think that's one of the earliest signs that you can anyway it's gotta um, be. is that fate did you happen to see me talking to somebody on twitter about that yesterday no man i all i get on twitter now is like fucking ads it's horrible so I somebody who i talked to about fire emblem all the time was like hey i just started playing the mobile game and like how do i improve the x y and z and i'm like let me help. <laughs> I, and as I'm going, I got to like one of 15. Three, yeah, I'm, exactly. I was doing that as I'm responding, but it was like all in one thread, like not like one tweet after another. Um, and I thought, what, what the fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? Take a fucking deep breath, Chris. I deleted like all the tweets, comp- compressed everything into one, just gave the bare bones information. I was like, okay, there you go. <laughs> this, will, this will help the newbie. I'm, I was about to do that thing that I hate. When you ask, like, oh, so um, which sword should I start with in Dark Souls? And then somebody's like, well, um, yeah. if you do X, Y, and Z and you join this covenant and then you um, uninstall your save file. Yeah. Anyway, where, where the fuck are we in Berlin? I don't know where we are in Berlin at, at all. Uh, let's see. Um, okay. Gaius. Yes. He treats the man he found. The slave trader. Yes. The tra- Okay. Gaius. Typ- in typical Gaius fashion, he finds the worst man alive and he makes him better um the, he he treats the slaver so that he's well enough for to speak um and he basically says that their entire group was bewitched by this girl this who is called a lamia which is a, a a person whose blood is mixed with like that of a serpent and they can use mind control powers and they also transform into a hideous monster which is a little judgmental let's wait until we see that monster let's, later on i mean you don't know what the monster looks like there's not a picture of the monster in the book how do you know that it's hideous who wrote hideous doubt? who yeah. wrote it who was the author Somebody um, very judgmental, I bet. I do like that that Gaius just delivers us the lore. Like, all of the lore that we need is just, like, boom, done. Yeah. Uh, we jump back over to Merlin's camp, uh, where Elliot now is walking through the woods, and he finds uh, Lamia waiting for him. Uh, this time, there's no Merlin to break this up, so she, she gets close to him, she does the smoochy-smoochy, and her eyes go all snaky, and then he just absolutely collapses. And we know that she is stealing his life force, so by all accounts, Elliot is just dead now. Yeah. That guy's dead. Rest in peace. See you later. Sorry, Gwen. Ellie, lost... Ellie and I hardly knew you. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, another one of your family member died for Camelot. That's that seems like a bummer for you. <laughs> At least this one wasn't killed by your father-in-law. 
Um, the next day, everybody wakes up, and Elian, who was supposed to be on watch and had was supposed to have waken, woken everybody up, uh, is nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leon demands that Gwen stay with Lamia, and everybody goes out to look. Uh, and we cut over to Arthur, uh, who has yet another new squire, just some other random knight, who is finding tracks going east this time. Uh, meanwhile, Merlin's knights all return with Elian, who does actually look totally dead. And of course, now Gwen yeah. is like, it's 100. Look, just look at her. Just, I mean, yeah. she is so smug right now. Like, she's, yeah, ju- she's it's just her. turning into a snake. And uh, Lamia's like, well, we can get help at a castle that's nearby that I happen to know of. And Gwen and Merlin are like, come on. Absolutely yeah, not. Come on. And Leon is like, you need to shut the fuck up right now. Shut the fuck up. If, if the tone was just slightly different in this episode, it'd be like a Blair Witch thing. Because in Blair Witch, it's just like the horror is that they're going in circles in this uh, in this forest or in like a time loop or whatever the hell. They just can't go out, get out no matter what they do. And like, <laughs> that's sort of what's happening here. But just because they keep trying to go to Longstead or they try to go back to Camelot or they try to go to... It's like they just keep fucking walking in circles in this goddamn forest. Uh the, Merlin and Gwen follow the knights, uh, and Merlin is like, "Yeah, they're definitely under an enchantment. Like, we need to we need to leave some clues for Arthur to find us because by this point, Arthur will be chasing us." Um, and sure enough, we cut to Arthur who is like losing the tracks, and then we cut back to Gwen um, who has stripped off a piece of her shirt to tie it to a tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is when they arrive at the uh, the cliff that overlooks every single castle in in Camelot in the lands of Camelot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I wanted to say in the Seven Kingdoms, but I don't remember actually how many kingdoms that we're dealing with. So I don't think it's <laughs> I don't think it's Westeros that I'm that I'm worried about here. Um, and this is when we find out that Agravain has come along on this trip. Uh, and as people are fanning out into the woods to look for tracks, Agravain sees some signs and is like, oh, there are some signs of Gwen and her group. I'm going to scuff them up and put them under uh, limbs. And I find this very hilarious because, uh, and uh, once again, to go back to our friend Auntie L from the Discord, uh, she thinks it's because this episode would have was placed originally placed pretty earlier in the season when uh, Morgana was actively trying to get Gwen out of the picture. Um, mm. But and that, and that could be the case. But just being here, it just looks like he's being a shit. It's just like fuck yeah. Gwen, <laughs> like yeah. fuck Gwen, fuck yeah. Merlin. I don't care. Right, right <laughs> before he did that, I just I had had in my notes like aggravates looking around like what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, here? what am I possibly <laughs> doing here? Like, I don't care. How is my like? I could just be at home, just my feet kicked up, like pretending yeah. to be the king of Camelot, letting Morgana in just to trash the bathrooms again. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm, I am out in the woods uh, covering up uh, covering up tracks. Lamia leads these uh, Merlin's group of knights into what look like the sewers of the castle. Uh, and Merlin pulls Percival aside and is like, homie, my dude, big P, I think that you should listen to me. And Percival is like, absolutely not. The only one that can come everyone coming. to try and reason with. Percival's been the most aggressive so far. Yeah. Like I would have gone for Gwen here personally, yeah. but, but yeah. 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 Uh, but big P is, is super bad. And he's like, if you don't shut the fuck up, I am going to shut you up. And Merlin's like, okay, arms, let you go right ahead. That's no problem. Pretty unchill of you, but all right. The, uh, the sewer leads into some caves uh, there's a there's some weird gust of wind slash magic slash uh, something weird out here and and the Leon and Merlin's torches both go out uh, and before Merlin can say uh, Faraga Lamia has disappeared uh, and he this and he just does some magic to light his torch and nobody asks any questions I guess everybody knows he's a magician now 
I think, yeah, there's like a brief moment where I feel like everyone's like, huh? Um, but then they're like, well, you know what? He's the cook. He just yeah, knows, he just knows how to start a fire. Yeah, he's got to be. He cooks soup all the time. He can't do yeah, that with sorcery. He's constantly cooking soup. Um, let him cook, they say. Let him cook. <laughs> let him cook. Hold up, hold up. Let him cook. Uh, they eventually get to the basement of the castle uh, where uh, they get the probably 1,000th thing that something is going wrong, where they find <laughs> stacks and stacks of human bones just laying around. Uh, oh, damn. It's straight up like a bone den. I love this so much. There's so much to yeah. like in this. The The set is beautiful. I love just piles of human bones laying around like it's a PS5 game. Like It's just like <laughs> we just need more bones. And the, and yeah, the, and more bones. More, more bones, bones around here. More bones on level three please fast track the bones on level three um but as everybody looks around and is a little apprehensive of fucking boneyard castle that they have just entered the camera cuts to merlin and merlin just looks so smug like i fucking told you so told you this was weird i said it was said it was weird from the beginning i i I said it was a bone castle and that was a guess and i will say that was a guess but i was right i was a hundred percent right hey i was right about I was right about the bone sewers. I was right about the bone basement. And what do you know? I'm right about the bone hall in the bone castle. Okay? He's so he has just so got that look of I told you so on his face while also being completely terrified. Um of course Leon at this point just wants to rush out and try and Lamia. Merlin is trying to argue with him and it's it's not working. Um and eventually Leon is like completely tired of this, picks Merlin up and throws him to the ground. Yeah. Uh, and before this can go any further, Gwen like has to get between them. Um, and I just love this bit too, because Leon storms out. Uh, the rest of the nights follow. Gwen like is standing there. And as Merlin gets up, he like has to lean his head over a little bit and he just headbutts a skull that was a little bit to the right <laughs> of him. And it's just like, it's just that's a hilarious moment of like Merlinism of just boop, yeah. head bopping the skull. It's very he's, cute. He's goddamn bones. Um, is this where him and Gwen start to talk about like, why was it only the the knights that have, that have been affected by this, right? Uh, first, Gwen finds them the spot and then, then we get into oh, that. Oh, that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Gwen has to be a little rude to them first. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, then they they start to 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 talk about this, and Merlin is like, it's you know, it's all the men except for Merlin, and I feel like um, Merlin is a little insulted by this. He is. <laughs> like, I'm what? I'm I'm manly. What do you mean? I'm fine. I'm fine. Have you seen that video going around of the dude who's like, hey, are you uh, self conscious about your height? And then immediately the guy's like, first off, I'm taller than you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what Merlin is doing that's to Merlin Gwen here. here. He's like, what? What like, affects Merlin, all the men? Was saying that I didn't. I didn't affect all of the men. It's just, I mean, it didn't affect me, and I'm a man, obviously. <laughs> um, um, Gwen has to go out and get fire uh, wood to keep this fire going. To keep- oh, and this is where Gwen says, like, no, it's not that. Like, it, there's something about you, Merlin. She looks at yeah, you as like yeah. you're the enemy, mm-hmm. um, which is a cool thing that they don't play a ton with here. But um, I like that. I like that potentially Gwen is maybe starting to figure something out. I hope that Gwen eventually figures something out. Um, Cause God knows Arthur's never going to put two and two together. <laughs> Arthur. Uh, Lord knows I'm not a smart man. Please help me put the pieces together. He's fucking Merlin is juggling fire using sorcery with his mind. Yeah. Um, Gwen leaves. He has to bully uh, Merlin on the way out. Um, there's some, one of those like tense scenes that this episode loves to do, which I don't think it particularly pulls off where he's like, looking around for wood but he only like finds rats and corpses and stuff like that mm-hmm. um this is uh oh this that we go and then he finds lamia um 
<laughs> why did I write this in my notes? Uh, Lamia uh, grabs him. Um, oh, wait. Merlin and Gwen are interrupted by a scream, and when they run out, they find uh, Gwen. And what I wrote in my oh, notes yeah. is that Merlin finds a Dwayne Gwen, which is just a, <laughs> a very funny sentence that it, past Jeremy just put in there as a little bon mot for me. Thank it's you, past little, Jeremy. Just a little fun, little fun thing. I, I love seeing a um, Dwayne Gwen. Um, <laughs> maybe he could take a Twain. Maybe, and um, yeah. So. Oh, cut back over to Arthur. See, this is this is a freaking problem. I have a new paragraph for like every time we change scene, but I'm getting very confused by my all my paragraphs. Um, while they they found drained Gwen or whatever, and then we uh, say it with a Arthur w. has Dwayne Gwen. Dwayne Gwen. Thank you. Yeah, on a Twain. Uh, on a Twain. It's very. Uh, I made this. Arthur I made this very plain. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why you don't understand. <laughs> Arthur has found Gwen's <laughs> clue when she like ripped part of her dress and tied it to a tree. Um, and he's like, I've been sniffing this dress for a long time. I know this is hers. Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, they didn't need that clue because there's a fucking castle off of the distance. Yeah, with a fire, with with a ca- with like campfire smoke yeah. billowing out of it. Yeah. Um, we go, we cut over to Percival, who is very slowly walking through the dark and hearing a woman crying. Um, he finds Lamia and she kisses him and sucks the life out of him as well. His, his, her eyes go Bummer. all uh, snaky. Uh, but this time, as he's falling in front of her, Leon is walking past the door and realizes that he has been he's been duped. Uh, he's been the classic Lamia, uh, and he classic. he classic. charges her, and uh, she on top of having mind control magic on top of being able to change into a um, horrific question mark form uh, despite being able to suck the life out of people also has like telekinetic powers. So she just yeah. like, he comes running and she just like knocks him into a wall. Yeah. A little OP. If you ask me a little OP, I think I agree. She needs more balancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just as she is about to start feeding on him, that's when Merlin shows up. Um, and he says something cool like, "You won't find me such easy prey." Yeah. Um, but then she's not afraid of him. Uh, and then he okay. So she says, "I thought that this was gonna be it," and I was kind of like, "You know what? Let it, let it be it." That's funny because she's like, "I'm not afraid of your magic," and he's like, "Oh yeah," and then immediately uses uh, magic to lift a sword and hurl it through her and impale her instantly. Nailed instantly her. impales her with the sword. Uh, but of course, it doesn't kill her. She kind of like sneaks off. And as he tries to pursue her, he gets whipped in the face by a giant tentacle. And then we realize that she has turned into a giant snaky monster. A giant tentacle monster with like one eye for some reason. I thought yeah, this was really yeah. funny. I, again, I, I don't think that this episode is particularly great. I don't think it's bad. Uh, but this, I wish we had more of this guy around because this guy yeah. is outstanding. I love this little dude. I guess it's a it's a woman because it's a Lamia. I love this chick. She is fantastic. I I just can't get over all of the tentacles, the one eye, the weird gray thing, the scurrying. Oh my god, Chris, the scurrying is so good. The it's good stuff. It's uh, good stuff, dude. It's good little scurrying. Merlin recoils in horror, which I think is like your only reaction when something like this happens, right? Yeah. Like you see, when you're confronted with a giant snake monster, you jet a tentacle snake monster for the first time in your life. What else are you supposed to do? You fucking leave. You leave yeah. the fucking country. You go to um, Odin's country. It's seven you get leagues your away. Affairs in order. And you get the hell. out. <laughs> you write a will and you get on a horse. <laughs> you yeah. leave. Um, he he blocks the. Uh, door on his way out and I was a little confused by the blocking here I was curious if he was leaving all of his dead compatriots in the room yeah, with the, the giant snake room. monster but whatever it doesn't matter um, 
because the the snake monster very quickly just push the Lamia pushes all of the debris aside. Uh, we see one of the rocks hit Merlin, and I was like, oh, that's gonna come up later, and it does not. No. Um, he starts running. Uh, the thing chases him. Uh, Gwen hears something, runs over and picks up a sword. She sees Merlin running, screaming at her, and he grabs her. He's like, we got to get out of here. Uh, the thing grabs Merlin's ankle with one of its juicy, juicy tentacles, uh-huh. pulls Merlin back, gives it some smooch. Wait, hold on. I'm, I just, just yeah. I went to AO3 instead of my Travels notes. up his pant leg. The, okay, the thing grabs Merlin, uh, pulls him towards the, the, the gaping maw, uh, and... And and Gwen, fuck, gotta fucking love Gwen, dude. And I don't know why. Yeah. Like this is a surprise. It should not be a surprise to anybody. Gwen charges at this thing with a fucking sword to save him. Yeah, we never get to see her do stuff like this, and I think that's the only reason that it's surprising. But you're like, yeah, hell yeah, like Gwen can be heroic. Like Gwen rules. Um, and yeah, she she tries to save Merlin. She gets right in there. She's not afraid. She doesn't back down. But then she gets grabbed too. Yes. Um, and Merlin is right on the cusp of using magic to kill this thing. When it, I was, like, I thought it, he was going to. I genuinely thought that too. he was going to like too. cook this thing, and then it was going to have to be like a weird moment between him and Gwen, and then she'd be cool about it. But then Arthur would be like, "What's going on here? I can sense something strange between you two. Um, and just in that voice too. Yes, I can sense something strange. Was there a hand job afoot? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what? That's not something that anybody Arthur, says. Why, why would you jump? Why to would that you go to that? That's a weird, That's very specific thing. <laughs> such a weird thing. Um. But no, it's Arthur, and he has he has killed the thing from behind. Uh, and he tells Merlin that it is almost good to see him, almost. Uh, and then we are whisked away. We don't have a lot of time left in this episode. We have to jump right back to the village where the knights are recovering, the villagers have been cured, uh, and Arthur w- walks outside to clown on Merlin for being saved by a woman. Um, Merlin, this... it's season four. Arthur, get over your misogyny. You're yeah, better than it's, this. It's it's weird, and I know this is just this is just dudes being dudes, right? Like mm-hmm. this is this is how people think dudes be dudes, and like you know, because his conversation with with Gwen that we're going to talk about right after this is the exact opposite of the sentiment. But like here, it feels just so much like like just gross dudes being dudes bullshit that it yeah. really pulled like, me bro, out. Of that's going to be your wife. That's your wife. Yeah, and and it also like it feels a lot better than being dead. Like I, yeah. I am alive yeah. because she did that. I think she fucking rules. Um, but Arthur is like, yeah, Merlin literally is like, yeah, well, that's better than being dead. Yeah, Arthur, yeah. So, um, so fuck off. And what a shitty like way to, uh, dude. They they do that and then hard cut back to fucking Camelot, <laughs> and he's just he, Arthur's telling Gwen how proud he is ever just fucking makes out with her, and that's that. And it's and it's it's sweet and it's nice and it's like he's he's talking about how. I thought I knew a lot about you. When did you become a fearless hero? You know, you were you were as brave as any knight from Camelot. Like he goes all out, and they definitely do some smooches, and like the music swells, and Gwen's face right here, like she is just loving. Her face just lights up. It like blossoms about how it, how she feels about that. It's like, oh my god, like this dude is just really into me right now, and I I'm just gonna let him call me GW for the rest of his life. I'm not even <laughs> she's, not she's, even gonna care. She had to put up with a lot of shit. Now she just wants a little praise. Yeah, we all just want a little praise. What's wrong with I that? I want to move out of the blacksmith house into this court, these quarters, and I want to be called GW for the rest of my life. Or maybe if I'm lucky, he'll start calling me GP. Yeah. Uh. Huh? Uh, Gwen Dragon. Yes. Dragon. Yeah. You, did you get it? Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. Grand Prix. 
Grand Prix, yes, thank you. And that's the end of the episode. Grand- <laughs> that's the end of the episode. They do, they do they do a bunch of smooches, and then next week we see uh, potentially them getting married, maybe? Wedding bells? Yeah, and a, and a tournament. And a tournament. We haven't had a tournament in like five oh, episodes. Oh, I'm sorry, and Lancelot! Oh, that's the big thing. The return of Lancelot. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? I thought he died on the Blessed Isle. I thought he died to I've save everybody. I've been hoping we see this guy again because he goes at such an early point in the season. I thought maybe he had a busy schedule, but surely they could bring him back for another couple minutes. I don't know. And well, it looks like they are. They're bringing him back. Uh, we're we're all excited for Lancelot. Do you have any last thoughts about this episode? Um, you know, we kind of blew through it, but it's a it's a solid enough episode. You're not going to be bothered watching this. It's just. When you take notes and you have to break it down, like just jumping around all over the place, I think left us feeling a little bit kind of like, eh, about the whole thing. Because there's a lot of cool concepts at play. They just don't necessarily tie together too strongly. It's just sort of things happening. Um, And normally Merlin gets a little bit more creative or leans into things a little bit more. But this was kind of just like, okay, stuff's happening. Eventually they'll get out of it and it'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, it's a a classic, like we said at the beginning, Monster of the Week episode. Um, There's not a lot of character development, which I think is something that Merlin is usually really good at, at... you know, creating these moments where characters have these these connections with one another, and they they grow uh, even while some like, you know, a troll is being eaten out on the in the scene before or something. Like there, there's usually stuff that pulls this stuff together, but uh, this is not as outrageous as a troll being eaten out. It doesn't have the character development of some of our more serious episodes, and there was no Morgana, so I have to give it yeah. a classic. Uh, I just assume that she's laying on the ground of that cave or whatever. Just just just, just miserable. Just why? Just howling. Oh, she actually. God doesn't have any broken bones but she's just like fuck yeah she's pulling a chris and jeremy chris she's got the flu like chris and jeremy get the flu and it's like i need somebody to take care of my needs constantly i don't even need the dude like a little runny nose oh yeah i'm fucking i'm over there i'm over there uh Thank you, everybody, for listening. We very much appreciate it. Thank you for putting up with our nonsense today. Thank you for putting up with CM and JG's nonsense today. We very much appreciate it. Uh, if you want to support the show, the best way to do it is to go to patreon.com slash monster of the week. Give us some cash. Get some cool rewards. Uh, you can also rate, review the podcast on very podca- various podcasting services. Tell your friends. But you know, most importantly, just keep listening. Uh, and we really appreciate all of that. We'll be back next week with um, probably a marriage. Maybe a three-way? Oh. Could go either way. Bye, everybody. Who knows? Bye. It's working now. Hooray. Hooray. Do I sound like a robot? Robot. I'm roboting a little bit? Okay. Not at all. Not at all. You sound great. Oh.
It's fantastic. My I internet was... has been a real pain in the butt today. I'm trying to work from home and everything that I'm doing is lagging and I was re- like copying and pasting stuff over between different reports. Not fun with lag. I felt like I was playing World of Warcraft in 2006. Ooh, that's a that's a very it's a very specific it's a hate, thing. It's a hateful thing. A I would go to my friends' thing. houses and everyone had like sweet internet and like great gaming PCs even 2006 and I was just on like the family computer on my compact PC trying to and I just as soon as I saw the other kids playing on theirs so I was like I can never I can't just go home and play at 22 FPS with my shitty graphics card. I can't do I can't live this life anymore. Uh, yet I did. I continued to live that life. I think I'm sort of still living it now. I don't play that anymore, but I feel like I'm, as I explained, <laughs> dealing with that lag. Do you uh do you do you still pay for a World of Warcraft account? Yeah. <laughs> you Twenty two years later, or whatever. No, I don't. Um, Damn. I did just cancel my Final Fantasy fourteen subscription though after not playing for like six months. <laughs> I thought you were just secretly playing that. I thought that was just like your your secret hideaway game that you didn't want to tell anybody about. It um. It's just I, I this keeps happening. I get to a certain point and it, it becomes too much to keep track of. Like yep. there's too much intense performance involved. And I can't give myself to like a single game like that. Um it's it's fun up until I get like that fourth or fifth move where I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do with this, and then I get into a, a dungeon group and I'm like, I'm just not good enough to be with these people. So I, I and I always end up just at that point, I'm like, I don't want to deal with the stress. I'm trying to game. Um and I remember I remember listening to the salt report rip the salt report uh podcast and they were big ff14 nerds and they would complain about like the is it the primal bosses or the ultra bosses or something they would be working um where you literally like the boss would flash some stuff on the screen and you would have to do math in order to figure out like where where to stand correctly and to and what like point to do like they were calculating you know, integers inside their head in order to complete the boss fight. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, I, I'm sure that sounds fun to somebody. But if I had to do that with an audience, I think that I would go crazy. I had that this weekend, this past weekend, because uh, I was streaming Ali Ali World to some people. I don't know if you're familiar with Ali Ali World. It's it just came for it was just it's it's on PS Plus right now for free. Uh, um, skateboard game, right? Skateboard game, two D skateboard game. Really, really good. It has like f- kind of fighting game controls. So like, you know, you flip the right stick to jump, and then you might like flip the right stick and rotate it around the outside to the right um, to do like a three sixty spin or something. Um, and I'm I, I really, really, really like that game. It's got great music. It's cute as hell. It's it's just it's so much fun to play and like land all of these tricks and link all these combos together. Uh, but then I realized when I was streaming that sometimes I just fail the same exact trick 50 times in a row and i just do it over and over again until i land it and then once i land it i move on and so all in in my head it's just i did it and but like i I started getting and nobody said anything but i started getting so stressed out with the idea that like five people who were in the stream were watching me just fail this one trick and i just i couldn't handle it anymore so i just just quit streaming uh, it i i think People in FF14 are p- pretty nice. I have, I've only ever had like re- one really bad experience, um, but it's I just I don't need the pressure. I don't need the pressure. Um, it's too much because I would especially I started playing a tank because I like those characters, I like those classes, and like why should I have to play 
as a wizard if I don't want to be a wizard. I want to have a big sword. Let me have a big sword. But that means I have to be a tank, which means you have extra responsibility when you're in a group and you have to take all the damage. And I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. Tank, um, pull aggro. Pull aggro, yeah. tank. Just, it just it stopped being fun. And eventually they're going to make that game entirely single player. A lot of it already is single player. And um, when that's the case, I'll probably go back to it. It's not like I hate the idea of having to play with other people. I just wish it was like Elden Ring playing with other people. Like, I wish that the game was like that, <laughs> where I could just dodge and swing my sword. And, like, it just depended on how, like, how skillful of a player I was and not what my hot bar looked like and all the... I don't know. It's just... I don't like... I guess I don't like that. I, I like a lot about MMOs, but fundamentally the gameplay always trips me up after a certain point. Even stuff like Elden Ring, I know people that get stressed out when they're um, having to, like, they don't want to summon people because they feel bad if they summon somebody and then they subsequently die to the boss. And I want to be like, no, dude, like, if I'm if I'm summoning, like, if I if I'm throwing a sign down, if I'm helping people out and you die, like, I might just message you and be like, summon me again. We fucking got this, right? Like, <laughs> I, I am, I'm, I'm, it does not bother me now. I will say that I've done the opposite thing, which is where a guy like summoned me several times and like just wasted a bunch of time, uh, failed on the boss in like the first few seconds or whatever. And like the fifth time I was like, fuck this. And so I would invade him and kill him myself. (laughs) And then (laughs) as revenge, but I did legitimately try to help him four or five times, maybe as many as three uh, before I <laughs> just kind of gave up and killed him myself instead. Maybe as many as two. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Who can count maybe anymore? Maybe it was only once before I turned on him. 2023. 20, who can count anymore? Um, I feel like I had like a bunch of really good outtake stuff um, for you to, to, to experience with me. And now I am just completely drained from the last four yeah. days of work. Uh, and I don't know don't know how to get my mind right dude i just don't it sucks dude work fucking sucks man i am i gotta tell you this has been and it's going well like stuff in my person in my professional life is going well uh and we've it, it's stressful but it's kind of a good kind of stress where you you're like okay well you know i'm doing all of this mm. work but for what feels like the first time that's definitely not the first time I'm, I'm i'm seeing some almost immediate gratification from it so it's like i'm doing all of this work and i'm getting compensated for it like so it's just mm. it's like an immediate sense of like oh um but at the same time it's just it's so stressful and i've had to deal with some fucking idiots this week that i i am just i'm just so tired of idiocy i'm just so tired of idiocy mm-hmm. the the I think mental effort it takes to communicate things to people who don't understand them. Yeah. Um, it's, it's utterly exhausting. I have a lot of people on my team and I, it's my responsibility to communicate things to them, to make sure that they understand, but they fight me every step of the way sometimes. And it's, it's, I already have so much on my plate that, that extra effort to, to explain something to somebody. And I want people to understand. I want people to feel good on my team. It's, you know, I don't want them to hate their jobs like I do. <laughs> um, but that that mental energy is draining in a way that it's really hard to explain. Like if you work a, a, a manual labor job, you physically are probably super, super fucking exhausted. Um, but I feel like your brain still works at the end of, the, of, of my silly little privileged fucking office job. Um, I shouldn't really be complaining. But my brain just doesn't fucking work anymore. I'm like, I don't even know how to talk to people or have conversations. Um, 
Yeah, the only thing parents, they don't. <laughs> my parents get mad at me because they're like, "Why are you a fucking asshole every time we talk to you?" I'm like, "Cause I'm just fucking Cause stressed out. I save all of my good energy for Jess and for the podcast." <laughs> That's <laughs> Sorry, it. Sorry, mom it's, and dad. Uh, if you want to hear me happy and excited, either talk to Jess or listen to Still as Kingdom Keeps. It's <laughs> it's in your Spotify. Yeah. I put it there weeks ago. Just go just go listen to an yeah, episode. Come on. <laughs> oh man, that's that's really funny. I get um I definitely have the thing where. Uh, I forget to be like a normal person to Autumn sometimes because like you do customer service face and voice and and mm, uh, mindset mm. for so long during the day that like when you come home you're just like mm, meh, yeah. meh. and she's like you know I'm ostensibly the person that you like the most in the world and I'm like <laughs> you're right I should be nice yeah. to you not that I was being mean but like I should and yeah. and she has days and and like that's actually not happened for several years nowadays it's just like hey do you want to just take some space to veg the fuck out and like yes let's just veg the fuck out and try to and try to recharge and then we can regroup or whatever um that's but, all you can do sometimes i as you can probably hear i have a cold again oh so God. that has made it even harder dealing with the work stress and then getting a cold out of nowhere if, if it's covid you'll be hearing from my lawyer but god i hope it's not covid it just makes i'm you know I'm such a big baby when I'm sick too, so it's like, it's just hard to it's just hard to be a fucking person. Can I tell you? Uh, yesterday, uh, Autumn had to go to a a work thing, um, so she had a work appointment in one town, and then she had to go to a a like meeting with her team, like a team dinner, right last night. So that's why she was out of town last night. And I watched the incredibly weird movie uh, Infinity Pool. Uh, which I, I could tell you all about if you are in the mood to hear about Infinity <laughs> Pool. Um, but she calls me from the first appointment and she's like, hey, I'm, I'm coming back uh, to our town um, and going to the dentist. A crown just broke. And I was like, oh, are you okay? She's like, yeah, no pain whatsoever. Everything's fine. Crown just broke. And I'm like, well, that doesn't seem right. So this girl drove, uh, I don't know exactly how long it is. It's at least an hour and a half from her first appointment back to our hometown went to the dentist where the dentist was like here's an x-ray your shit is fucking broke so bad you have to go to an oral surgeon and then she just turned around and went to her team dinner that night and i just and i just told her i'm like i the moment that the crown fell out of my mouth i would be dead on the couch for two weeks like it would be it would be over like there is no question that i would go to a team dinner that night just absolutely not gonna happen it's just you know some people are just built different, and we're, we ain't them. Yeah, and and most of them are women. <laughs> most yeah. of them are just women. But I was blown away. I was so impressed by her because she was just like, "Oh yeah, no big deal." And I was just like, "Okay." I've <laughs> never said, "Oh yeah, no big deal" to anything, anything. in my entire life. If if it involves anything falling out of my mouth at any time, absolutely, it is a hundred percent a big deal. If it was attached to my body and it is no longer attached to my body, big fucking deal. It's a huge. <laughs> Huge fucking has deal. Been not a big deal for me. <laughs> the thing about me is that I have never been relaxed for a day in my life. No, I, not once. I yeah, I am. I I just yeah. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't want to. I don't want to paint the broad stroke and just say ladies. Like I don't know how the women folk do it because I know not not every not every person is everything. But boy, it seems like all of the women in my life can withstand a lot more pain than a lot of the men folk. <laughs> so yeah, yep, yep. Um. Yeah, no, everything's a big deal to me. Even just the most minor of inconveniences, huge deal to me. That's why my life is is the way it is. I could be successful and happy, but instead I'm this way. You know, I've caught myself talking about like inconveniences. I've caught myself really planning out my driving routes just to never have to make a left turn across traffic. 
and, and the other day I realized like I was going significantly out of my way to accomplish this goal. And I'm like, people take left turns across traffic all the time, Jeremy. Why are you being such... But it's just it's just one of those things where I'm like, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to turn left. <laughs> like, I've just decided. You just you take enough rights, eventually you're going left, right? I mean, I, it's, I guess that's the way it works. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's so... I am, you know, remember when I had my, my issues with my 3DS, um, I've been playing my 3DS again and have just been thinking like, well, do I spend the three to $400 to buy a new one mm-hmm. or do I put in the, you know, 25 minutes of effort it might take to fix the problem that I have? Um, I'm probably not going to do either, but there's a part of me that's like, well, it would be easier to just buy a new one, right? I don't, because I just can't be bothered to fix this other little thing. After the ordeal of fixing the last thing, I don't think I have it in me to fix the new thing. Is a uh, a 3DS isn't the same thing as a DSi, right? No, no. And the thing that you're looking to play couldn't be played on a DSi, right? I don't think so. I don't think so. I um, should I should just send you my 3DS because I've literally only played one game on it, and I brother, I, you have you sitting on a 3DS over there? I'm sitting on a gold Zelda themed 3DS. What? <laughs> that came with a Link Between Worlds. <laughs> that sounds hype as fuck. <laughs> I don't. I would have to put my hands on it. I don't know where a charger is. Like I'd have to like dig. I got a charger. Um. <laughs> but you should you should have that. Like it, I would love for someone to take that into it i I happily would take that because i can't play half my games because my left bumper doesn't work um or whatever it's called the trigger um i can play the pokemon game that i'm currently playing because it doesn't require that button but lots of games do explain to me while we're on pokemon uh i've never Mm. cared about a single pokemon thing ever i just don't it's never been one of those things that I've, i've ever like like I just I see the way the gameplay works and I I'm, I like look through the games or something and I'm just like eh, I've never cared about the cartoon I never cared about the little cute cuddly monsters and the fact that they evolve into not cute cuddly monsters um, mm-hmm. but then you and Wayne started posting some shit in my in, in the Discord not in my but in the Discord and it's like some fan manga of what like mm-hmm. of Pokemon and it was looked like the coolest shit in the world. Like it was this yeah. it was I just was like, what is this? Like the art th- style is like incredible. Like that artist, whoever it is, who made this fa- amazing fan comic. It's called something of champions. Let me let me see. Um it's so cool. I'm so glad that Wayne posted about that because it just so happened that now I'm playing the game again. I'm like, yeah, I'll check that out. And I've read some of the official manga, um, but this is this just looks better. Um, oh God damn it! I just I just closed the tab. I had it open. <laughs> 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 go back to the Discord. Um, but yeah, it just it, Festival of Champions. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Festival of Champions. Festival of Champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it just it's it retells like the original story of like Pokemon red and blue and green whatever you want to call them um but the thing just, that really just, yeah the thing, the thing that really got me was like the art style but then you posted like this picture and you put it under a spoiler tag so i don't i don't know what's up with that but it was like it was the first time i've ever seen the pokemon be treated like a like an actual animal like mm. it, it looked like your main dude who i guess is ash was like trying to befriend a stray dog right like and that just—I don't know why that part. I was just like, "Wait, is there emotions behind this Pokemon?" Because I yeah. thought you I always just thought you were enslaving the animals to do your bidding. I always thought that was kind of fucked up, but yeah, th- this looks a little <laughs> On bit a surface nicer. level. Yes, that is what you're doing. Yeah, um, this looked a little nicer than that. I guess is what I was saying. Some of the interpretations of it, like they—they uh, they take that relationship and they they take more care with it to express it properly. But yeah, I don't know. I always go back and forth with Pokemon in my life. Lo- loved it as a kid. I was 
seven, eight, whatever when it when it became popular. So that was the perfect time. As I got a little older, you kind of like, especially I feel like when you're twelve, you think that you're twenty, and like you're like, I only like cool stuff now. Um, AKA Final Fantasy. <laughs> I'm too mature for Pokemon now. Uh, and and then I tried to get back into it in high school, and one of the games come out came out didn't really work. Tried it again in college, didn't really work. But for some reason, over the last three or four years i like will spend like a month every year just getting really into one of the games and um i'm fine with that i'm fine with having that dip in and out relationship i think maybe it just it's probably just a nostalgia thing and i get that same sort of like tickle in my brain whenever sure. i start yeah. a new one especially since i've missed out on so many of them i can go back and play an old one and it's new to me and because i just like the style of like you know the graphics and everything it doesn't matter that it looks like a 3ds game so i'm like oh no i, en- I enjoy that it looks like this and it's you know, I put 30 hours into it and then I don't think about it for another year and then I come back and um, I don't have to play the new one, which is apparently terrible. So that's, you know, I could just keep on keeping on. I had a, a friend of a friend uh, that I, I do not know and have never really interacted with at all. Um, tell me, and my friend told me about this other person that he was like hardcore addicted to Pokemon, like leveling up all of the like every, all of the r- weird grindy stuff that you can yeah. do in a pokemon game like he was just hell-bent on doing that with every single version of the pokemon like d- going all out in it and i was just like man that is i'm glad that that stuff exists for people nowadays but i just i, I have to question like the value yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit uh but i'm if it makes you happy you know i'm like that that one chick that sang that one song I don't remember the name of the song. If it makes, makes you, you happy, happy. what the hell am I doing something? I don't know. I don't little know. Cool. If it makes you happy, then why the hell are you so sad? That's uh, actually that's deep good. as fuck, that's, if you ask me. <laughs> is that Sheryl Crow? You, you just called yeah, that out as a Sheryl Crow that's song. That's Sheryl Crow, yeah. You got a secret little Cheryl Crow thing that I don't know about, Chris? Are you, um, are you into Well, Cheryl I do Crow? know that song. I think feel like that's it was a popular song. Yeah. You know why I am more attuned to it now is because Phoebe Bridgers covered it. Ah, that makes yeah. sense. And I'm a real, um, I'm a real sucker. So did I like, tell you I'll about my right back in. about my Phoebe Bridgers experience the other day? Uh, no, did you run into her? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me and her hung out for a little while. Uh, hey, she, Jeremy, it's Phoebe Bridgers. She, she, she doesn't know you. I asked if she knew you. Like she's he's one of your biggest fans. Like his girlfriend yeah. Jess. Did she retweeted me once? Phoebs, what do you mean you don't know me? <laughs> she said he did not local what? What do you she mean said? you don't remember every single person you've ever retweeted? I asked if she knew local cones, and she was right on top of local cones. So I don't know what she was doing wrong. I'm sick of local cones. Stealing the local bones thunder. Uh, I'm watching a TV show called Shrinking. Um, which is the most, which is like the show that has the, do you remember like watching How I Met Your Mother at all and realizing yeah. that the supporting cast was so much better than the person that Ted is, <laughs> yeah. the main uh-huh. character? And it's ironic because now this is Jason Segal from How I Met Your Mother and now he's the Ted of of this and, and all, like I he I despise this character with all of my human <laughs> forces. I think so, yeah. I, I feel like they are trying to do like a weird inverse ted lasso thing where they're going to eventually like redeem this dude a little bit but like on the path to redemption you just learn so much horrible shit that he has done that you just roll your fucking eyes every time he speaks um anyway he got advice from his therapist uh because he's grieving his wife and he's like look his therapist tells him look what you need to do is not experience grief all day you just need to do it for 15 minutes every day. You get some headphones, you get into a quiet spot, you go on a bike ride, you play the saddest song that you know, the like the worst saddest song that makes you is going to make you cry constantly, and you and you just experience it for 15 minutes, set a timer at the end of 15 minutes, shut it off, and then you're done with grief for that day. Um, and he puts on a Phoebe Bridger song, 
and and I think it was like the first Phoebe Bridger song I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> there wasn't a cover or like that you would post yeah. it in the Discord, and like they're they're listening to it, and I'm like, is this? Why is it supposed to be sad? And like I've seen it, I've seen this exact scene on, on like TikTok, and that people are like, they were so real for this. This one took me down. <laughs> and I was like, I don't understand what is so sad about it. Uh, the thing about that I really like about Phoebe Bridges is I think she's really funny, and I think that that just makes the music more relatable because I have a hard time just listening to just straight up like I'm the saddest person in the world music. Yeah. It just it just rings so hollow. But when you listen to what she's saying and what a lot of like great artists say it's it's like just tinged with something that's either funny or ironic or something and uh, i think she's really good at that and that's why i like her but then you'll see people asking her about her lyrics like oh what did it mean when you said i was sad today like what does that mean and it's <laughs> like, like i just you realize that oh, people sad. do hold her up as this like um scion of sadness but it's like no i mean yeah it's like somewhat gloomy music but it's if you're paying attention it's it's genuinely hilarious and that's why i like it well if you could picture like jason seagal riding a bicycle with like a full bike helmet and knee pads on and just crying his eyes out <laughs> on the street of whatever fucking gorgeous california town this this dumbass show is supposed to be set in then that's and listening to phoebe bridgers that's that that was what was happening i will say um ella in our discord um shouts to ella for the um she hosts the cast cast have you heard of the cast cast do you know this they do a podcast uh, yeah they, they do the podcast that only covers castiel out of supernatural it's very hilarious to me um she posted a picture of going to the concert and i just really like that phoebe bridgers has her name in like the heavy metal font and i think that's oh, yeah. really that's, yeah, that's a lot of her merch has that like death metal or black metal uh that's that's sick i like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love, love I looked stuff. it up. So they use the song uh, "I Know the End." Great song. Great song. Okay, cool. Is it? Is it? Would you say it's one of her sadder songs? Like, if you um, saw that in context, like, no, I don't. I mean, no, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. It's yeah. just you know, I think it's it can get you in the right moment. I'm sure, mm-hmm. um, and it's a fantastic song. It's one of my favorites, but I wouldn't say it's one of her sadder songs. It's not. It's not. It's not November Rain, right? Like, it's not a dude. <laughs> it's. No. Don't even joke, okay? <laughs> it's not. It's not anything. It's not unforgiven. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not going to really yeah, get, dude, get the tears out of going, you. Hey, let me, let me. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You could never. <laughs> I forget what show I was watching. It might. It might have actually been that same show where somebody was like, "You were unforgiven," and I was like, "Oh, did you? How did, yeah. could you possibly do that without doing the fucking James Header voice or whatever his name is? <laughs> you like, got to do it. Oh, dude. Call me unforgiven. Anyway, I'm going to I'm gonna start ranting now. We, I guess we need to start the actual podcast. Of this, Dude, I'm going to blow up. my nose and I'm let's start, start this podcast. Berlin, Berlin. Yeah.